Happy Sabbath, Pioneer. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord. Uh, it has been uh, quite a week for me. A lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts trying to hold together, but it's always a joy to come into the house of the Lord. And it's a joy to be here with you all on this Sabbath day. I ask you to continue to pray for those boys trapped in the cave uh, in Thailand. Uh, my heart just goes out to them, young sports team. And uh, when I heard the story, it just, I just feel led to pray about it and encourage other people uh, to pray about it as well, to pray for them as well. Uh, this morning, I want to share with you a word from the Lord found in the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah, and I want to read a few verses in your hearing. Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1. If you want to join with me, Jonah chapter 1, beginning verses 1 to 3, I'll read. The Bible says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah, the Bible says, ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the presence of the Lord. Today I want to speak to you as we begin this series, I Have a Heart for Inner City Ministry. The title of my message today specifically is Complete Your Assignment. Complete your assignment. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm simply asking that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight and edifying to your people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As I was reading this particular story, this text, uh, the story of Jonah, I, I got stuck on the very first line in the very first chapter, verse 1. I got stuck because I read where the Scripture says that the word of the Lord came to Jonah. The reason why I was trapped in this particular uh, passage is because it reminded me of a time when I was very, very discouraged. Have you ever been discouraged before? Have you ever, have you ever uh, felt uh, distressed or, or, or despondent? Have you ever been, uh, been downcast or had a feeling of defeat? Have you ever uh, been depressed in your life? I don't know about you, but it reminded me of a time uh, when I was walking down the street. I was just 19 years old, a brand new Christian just a few months ago. It probably was uh, uh, several weeks ago, rather, that I had just made the decision to give my life to Jesus. 
And as I'm walking down this street, uh, I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm soaked in guilt. I'm, I'm drenched in shame. And I was stressing so much, so much so that I started losing weight. Stressed out whether, over whether or not I would have to suffer the consequences for all of the bad decisions and terrible choices I had made up to this point in my life. Sometimes guilt can be so overwhelming that you just want to give up and turn back to the life that you came from. And that is when the Lord sends you a word. As I'm walking down the street, a man pulls up in a blue Cutlass Supreme, a stranger. I'd never met this man, never seen him a day in my life. He asked me if I needed a ride. Now, this was a middle-aged white guy uh, in southern Alabama asking me if I needed a ride. Now, I'm saying to myself, of course not. I'm good. I don't know what made me get in the car, but I did. As we drove, he began to encourage me. He began to speak life to what I was going through. Over the next few days, I visited with this gentleman at his house, and I would have you to know, listen, guys, the same thing happened over and over again. He, would, he, he was encouraging me. He was pouring into my life. I, I, I felt a whole lot better. I don't even think the man was a Christian. He never said that he served God or went to a particular church. But every time I went to see this gentleman, I left a little bit better, feeling uplifted and, and, and revived and refreshed. And I would have you to know, brothers and sisters, that sometime after this, a few months went by, and I hadn't heard from the guy. I went to his house to visit him, listen to me, and the very house that I sat in, the very porch that I sat on was not even there. There was no sign of a house that had been torn down. There was not a trace of a home. I maintain to this very day that this man was an angel on assignment from God sent to give me, his discouraged child, a much-needed word from the Lord. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where I just need some encouragement. I just need a word from the Lord. And I've come to learn that sometimes that word can come in a conversation with a stranger. That word can come uh, in a sermon that you hear. That word can come in a song that you're singing. That word can come from a season of prayer. Uh, It doesn't matter where it comes from. Sometimes you just need a word from the Lord. And when that word comes, it scratches where you're itching. It massages where you're tensing. It soothes where you're sore. It makes you hungry for more. And you find yourself repeating the words of Jesus, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You find yourself quoting like David, uh, thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I, I, I think Solomon said it best when he says in Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 23, a word spoken in due season, how good it is. 
how good it is, beloved, when you get a word that uh, you're going to be a grandparent when you've been waiting all this time. How good it is when you get a word from the doctor that all of your cancer is gone. How good it is when you get a word that uh, you're, you're, you're pregnant uh, when you've been trying for all these years and the doctor said it's impossible. Oh, what a word it would be if Sally Mae called you today and said, uh, we've forgiven all your student loans. Somebody need that word. How good it is when you get a word that uh, you got a scholarship when you didn't know how you were going to pay for school. How good it is when you get a word uh, from the police officer that pulls you over because you were doing 75 in a 60. I'm preaching to myself. But he says, this time, I'll give you some grace. How sweet it is, a word spoken in due season. I stopped by to tell you this morning that it's a privilege to receive a word from the Lord. However, sometimes that word from the Lord can cut like a sword. Sometimes that word from the Lord becomes problematic in your life. This is what we see in the story of Jonah. The Bible says, after the word of the Lord came to Jonah, and told him to go to the great city of Nineveh, the Bible says that Jonah ran away. And as we look at this particular story of Jonah, I ask myself, when are those times when the word of the Lord cut like a sword? When are those times that, 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 that what is it about those times that, that, that the word of the Lord uh, uh, challenges me to do something and it hurts and I don't want to do it? When, when are those times? I submit to you today that the Christian must be aware of those times because those times present opportunities for growth. It is when the word threatens our comfort and challenges us to change, that is when we say that this is a hard saying. And in this particular passage, we find God using three of his many instruments of our spiritual growth for our spiritual growth and maturity. And the first one is this. The first one, the first instrument that we see God using here is the instrument of a change of location. Notice it says, go. God told Jonah to go. This go implies a change of location for Jonah. Jonah must have been comfortable where he was, but he was not where God wanted him to be. Just because you are comfortable where you are does not mean that you are where God wants you to be. I think about Abraham. Abraham was comfortable where he was, but he was not where God wanted him to be. So God says, Abraham, get up and go to a place. I'll tell you 
when you get there. I don't know about you all, but, but to me that's problematic because I like to know where I'm going before I get in the car. I think about my own journey in where I was living, or when I rather, was living in a place called Yazoo City, Mississippi. I'm in Yazoo City, Mississippi, pastoring my very first church in my very first district, minding my own business. And I receive a phone call from Pastor Walter Rogers, who used to be the pastor at Harbor of Hope. He calls me up and he says, hey, man, how are things going? You know, uh, 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 how, how's life going on down there? And, and he was actually setting me up. I kind of realized he was setting me up. He was going somewhere with that. He probably didn't really, wasn't too interested in how things were going because he had a question. He said, hey, listen, man, uh, you know, uh, would you be interested in, in, in coming back to Michigan to be the pastor at Harbor of Hope? Now, here's what you got to understand. See, uh, it's not cold <laughs> in, in, in Mississippi. Doesn't snow in Mississippi. So when he asked me that question, uh, it, was, it did not fit my level of comfort. So I told him uh, what, a good, what a good Christian would do. I said, man, listen, I'm going to pray about it and get back to you. So I never prayed about it, and I never got back to him. Some time went by, and lo and behold, my phone rings again. And here it is, Pastor Walter. Hey, man, how's it going, man? How are things going with your church down there? He really has an agenda. He really doesn't care what's going on with my life down here. He has a question that he wants to ask me, and the question comes out. Hey, man, uh, have you prayed about it yet? Man, you know what, man? You know, man, I've you know, just been busy and, and life just been happening. You know, so much going on. I'm a pastor. You're a pastor. You get what I'm saying, right? You got a lot of things going on. He said, man, listen, man, I, I understand that. Do me a favor. Uh, if, if you could just let me know something. I said, you know what, man? I'm going to pray about it and I'm going to get back to you. I never prayed about it and I never got back to him. And then in the course of time, I got an email. And I got this email from Pastor Skip McCarty. Some of y'all may know him. Pastor Skip sent me an email, and Pastor Skip set me up, guys. I thought Pastor Skip was a Christian. He tricked me. <laughs> I sent him a copy of my book cover. I had just written a book, and I wanted him to give me some, uh, uh, some constructive criticism as a young author who's writing his first book, and Pastor Skip has published several books. So I'm just, Pastor, could you just give me some feedback? Give me a little information about how I can make this thing better. Am I on the right track? And so I get this email from Pastor Skip, and I'm just excited to open the email up. I'm at my computer, and as I look at my email, and I'm, 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 I'm reading through it, and he says, he says, look, Taurus, everything looks great. Uh, there's only one thing that I would change on here if I was you. Make it better. I'm reading like, okay, then, all right, I hear you, Pastor Skip, what do you say? So he says, look, go to the back cover of the book and where it says the author now resides in Yazoo City, Mississippi. Change it to Ben Harbor, Michigan. I wasn't laughing. I didn't find that funny. 
But you know what, though? It, it, it pierced me. After that comment, he said, listen, I know we've asked you this a couple of times. Give me a call. I called him up. He said, Look, listen, Pastor Taurus, man, we don't want to bother you. If you would just do me a favor, if you would fast, pray about it, get back to us, whatever you say, man, we'll leave you alone after that. And his words were like a sword. It pierced me because it was a word from the Lord. That was like on a Wednesday, that Friday evening, that Friday I had been fasting and praying, woke up Sabbath morning, and the Lord said clearly, go to Ben Harbor. The Lord gave the same word to my wife, go to Ben Harbor. And we had said that we ain't never coming back to this place. <laughs> but God has a way of getting you where he wants you to be. And sometimes he uses a change of location. Not only will God use a change of location, but watch this. God will use a change of location to an undesirable location. God said, not only do I just want you to get up and go, Jonah, but I want you to go to the great city of Nineveh. I don't know if you know anything about Nineveh, but I'm going to tell you. Scholars suggest that Nineveh was about 2 million to 6 million people living there. Now, the text says that there was 120,000 people who didn't know their right from their left. And it specified that it was 120,000 people who didn't know their right from their left. So it it, it doesn't necessarily mean that there were only 120,000 people that lived there. Nineveh was a very large, prosperous city. But Nineveh was also a city that the Bible describes in the book of Nahum, chapter 3, verse 1 and 19. It describes it this way. It says, woe to the city of blood, full of lies, full of plunder, never without victims. Nothing can heal you, Nineveh. Your wound is fatal. All who hear the news about your about you. Clap their hands at your fall, for who has not felt your endless cruelty? Nineveh was a place that was full of blood. Nineveh was a place that was full of crime and violence. Nineveh was a place that you don't, you don't, you don't pause, uh, you don't go to the gas station uh, at nighttime in Nineveh. Nineveh was a place that you didn't want to buy a house at. You didn't want to send your kids to school in Nineveh. Uh, Nineveh, if you will, was the south side of Chicago of the day. Nineveh, if you will, was the, was, was the ghettos of, of America uh, during that day. Nineveh was a place where Jonah made up in his mind, God says, go to Nineveh. I'm getting ready to go the opposite direction. I'm here to tell you today. That sometimes God will use a change of location to an undesirable location to get you to where he wants you to be. Nineveh, in a sense, reminds me of Ben Harbor. Ben Harbor has a reputation that is not good. I don't know if you know, but over and over again, there's something in the news about 
the failure of the school system. I don't know if you've ever driven through, but you will be, your car will be reminded by the potholes in the streets that the city is not prosperous financially. I don't know if you've been there, but there's no hospital in the city of Benton Harbor. Not sure if you've ever worked there, but the employment rate is not that great in Benton Harbor. Not sure if you've ever been there, but the poverty level is very high in Benton Harbor. There are stories after stories. I got a text message on early Sunday morning from one of my church members who uh, worked in Lakeland uh, Hospital. And she said, Pastor, this is about five something in the morning. She said, Pastor, pray for the people of Benton Harbor because uh, some, uh, several people have been shot. Uh, there was a shootout, and, and, and so many people are here right now uh, in the hospital, family members and loved ones hoping for the best for their loved ones. And as a result of this, we don't have any more blood in the hospital. Uh, from this situation, uh, two individuals that I know of were killed. And as I'm looking at this text at five something in the morning, I'm saying to myself, Lord, be with Benton Harbor. God can send you to undesirable places. Now, I'll tell you something. When I didn't want to come back to Michigan, it wasn't because I didn't want to come to Benton Harbor. I, didn't, I just didn't like the snow. And the Lord has been blessing us uh, during this summer because some, we get some of that Alabama, Mississippi heat up here. You can thank me for that, all right? But I've, I've come to realize that, that, that being in a place such as Benton Harbor, I understand why Jonah didn't want to live there or didn't want to go there. God would even ask him to live there. Just go, Jonah. I can understand that because there are times when, 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 when my wife doesn't necessarily feel that safe being outside in the yard doing gardening work. And I have to ask myself over and over again, Lord, is it, you know, can, can, I, can, can she not just be outside and, and, and do work in the yard? Should we move and go move somewhere in, in, in St. Joseph somewhere? No, son, you're on an assignment. They have alarm systems, right? Get one. Okay, Lord, we're going to upgrade the alarm system. The assignment, listen, if I sent you there, you're safe. When I tell you to go somewhere and do something, within that command is a promise of my protection. Okay, Lord. Let me tell you something. I've, I've, since I've been here pastoring, I've, I've received over seven invitations to go and pastor somewhere else. And there are times where I would pray about it, and every single time, sometimes I didn't even pray about it, it was like, no, nah, I'm good. But, 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 but there are times, there are times where I've had to pray about it and I've had to wrestle with it. And every single time God reminds me, son, I sent you there on an assignment and your assignment is not finished. 
And I'm here to tell somebody today that I don't know, I don't know where God is trying to get you to move from. It may not be a physical move. He may not be trying to tell you to change your address. But some of you right now, you need to move out of a relationship. You need to move out of a job. You may even need to move out of a school. You may need to move to a new location, a new zip code, because where you are right now is where is not where God wants you to be. There's some growth that's going to take place in that movement. God can use a move to an undesirable location. Not just that, not just that, but he also, the third thing that God uses, God uses unwanted assignments. Jonah, get up and go to Nineveh. You're not going to sightsee. You're not going to give a report back on the crime that you saw. No, when you get there, I want you to preach against it. Lord, have mercy. I want you to preach apologetic, un- unapologetically. I want you to get there and I want you to declare the word of God to the people in Nineveh. And here's what I come to discover. Here's what I come to discover. You see, the reason, one of the reasons rather, uh, why God sent Jonah to Nineveh is because not everybody in Nineveh is wicked. Not everybody in Nineveh is, 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 is shooting people up and breaking in folks' houses. Not everybody. And all of the negativity that, that, that comes on the news or is put in the newspaper about Ben Harbor, the sad reality is that there are people, it's not showing the full story. There are people in Ben Harbor, some of them are Christians, some of them are Muslim, some of them are Adventists, some of them are not. But there are people there who love the Lord God with all of their hearts. They're doing some amazing things to help change and transform the face of that community. Sometimes we have the tendency to believe that we're the only ones. When God says, I have have 7,000, I have plenty who are doing the same things that you are doing, are doing the things that you are, are trying to do even better. The second thing is, is that the re- one of the reasons why God sent uh, Jonah to, to Nineveh is because Nineveh was wicked. I understand Jonah's uh, problem with Nineveh. I, I understand that they were shooting people in Nineveh. They were robbing folk in Nineveh. They were breaking in people's houses inside of Nineveh. So I get it. I get it, Jonah. I get it. But that is also the very reason why I need you to go. Because God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. His desire is that all men would be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Who says amen? See, just like Jonah, Jonah, I'm sorry, just like Jonah, when we receive a word word from the Lord that cuts like a sword, sometimes we find ourselves running away. But get this. What Jonah failed to realize was that this assignment was for him, not for Nineveh. See, 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 he needed Nineveh Nineveh did not need him. 
Okay, you missed that. You missed that. You missed that. See, see, God sending Jonah to Nineveh was meant to expose Jonah of his presuppositions and his and his his false perceptions of people who didn't look like him, who didn't talk like him, who didn't sound like him. See, Jonah, 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 Jonah believed that, that, that these people deserved to be destroyed by God. He wanted to see them experience God's doomsday. God could have called anybody to do what he called Jonah to do. But there was something in Jonah's heart that God was trying to fix. Nineveh was for Jonah's sake. I'll tell you a story. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor, so I got a to-do list that's this long. And on Friday, I really didn't get a whole lot done. Ended up waking up late. Uh, but there was one thing that I knew I had to do because I told Pastor Skip uh, that I would do it. He had been asking me to go and visit a young man who was uh, in jail. I went to go and visit with this young man. And as we sat down, I thought about something that Pastor Skip had told me about the guy before I went to visit with him. He said, he said listen, Pastor Torres, this guy is the most depraved human being that I've ever met. I was like, wow, that's pretty deep, Pastor Skip. And as I, began, as I sat down and began to exchange with him and have dialogue with him, I came to understand the reason why Pastor Skip said that. First of all, this guy told me that he did 14, 15 years in prison. And he did it. He started them when he was 15 years old. I said, wow. And as we began to talk, he began to share, and, and the Spirit of God began to move, and he began to open up and share with me the reason why he went to prison at 15 years old. He started crying. I said, why, 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 why are you crying, man? You know, what, what's going on? And I asked him, I said, you know, what's, as, he, as, as he's talking and sharing more, I said, listen, what's, what do you think is one of your greatest weaknesses? You're getting ready to get out. What are you going to do? What do you think is one of your greatest weaknesses that you need to be aware of to try to avoid from making the same mistake to get back in here? Because he said that since he had since he actually gotten out of prison, he'd been to jail 18 times. It's like, man, you like living here, don't you? You know, we're laughing. But then he says this. He says, he said, my biggest weakness is my anger. I said, why are you angry, man? What's, what you angry about? And he started, he, he started giving me some reason. I said, no, listen, let me tell you something. Anger comes from hurt. Tell me when was the first time that you were hurt, he started crying. Can I tell you what he told me? He said, when I was 12 years old, 
My mother gave me some crack cocaine. She was a crack addict, and we did it together. He said, I never imagined what it would do to my life. The reason why I went to prison for 14 years is because I robbed a store, and I was robbing that store at 15 years old, not because, I, not because I, I'm, I'm a mean person or a bad person or a terrible person, but I was trying to get some money to go and feed my high. I said, Lord, have mercy. And as he's looking at me, as he's crying, and he said, I'm getting out real soon, and I'm coming to your church. I'm coming to your church. I'm coming to your church. I, I, I need you, God. I, I need to be in a place where people are going to help me and help me go to the next level in my life. I really need you, Pastor Taurus. And as he's saying that, I'm saying to myself, nah, bro, you don't need me. I need you. Because you helped me see the grace of God. You help me see the power of God. He said he wanted to be a motivational speaker. I said, man, you messing around with the right one, brother. God, God, God brought me into your life. Not, listen, not just for your sake, but listen, I need you more than you need me. Here's what I need you to understand about your assignment that you've been running from. I don't know who you are. But here's what I do know. The thing that you're running from is the thing that you need the most. Whatever it is that you're running from, you're somewhere in Tarshish, and God's like, wait, wait, Nineveh is over here. I don't want to have to send a fish. So I sent Pastor Taurus this morning to tell you, hey, let's go. You have an assignment to complete. You have a work to do. I'm going to tell you this and then I'm going to close. I've been here for about five years now. September will make six years. And during this six-year time, you know, we've made some, some strides at Harbor of Hope. Uh, we've made some inroads into the community. There are some things that we're going to be doing this coming fall that I am super duper excited about. I believe that we're in a place right now. I have a crystal clear. The vision to me is clearer now than it has ever been since I have been here. And I am excited about that. I need you to say amen with me for that one. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. But, but here, here, here's something that I've been reflecting upon uh, since I have been here. As I look at the story of Jonah, I think about a couple of things. Number one. I think about the fact that just as Jonah has run from the difficult challenge of serving in the cities, I believe that our church at large has done the same thing. We've run from that hard task of going into the inner cities and ministering in the hoods, in the ghettos, and... and I praise God that we've had some traction in latter, in late years to be able to, to do that, but I think we're still behind. We're playing catch-up. And as I think about this particular location, uh, Benton Harbor and, and Berrien Springs and Andrews University and Pioneer Memorial Church, as I think about this particular location, I think about uh, those individuals that come up to me after, uh, you know, I may make a presentation on campus or, or it, may, it may even be a sermon. And, and as I'm sharing the Word of God, some people come up to me and they be like, Pastor Tars, man, I'm coming out there to Benton Harbor and we're going to serve the city. And then, I don't see them. 
Or they come one time and they kind of see how hard it is and I don't see them anymore. Until I'm at Apple Valley or walking on campus and they see me and they be doing this number. Like, why are you hiding? I didn't say, I didn't, I didn't tell you to come to Ben Hart. You, you, that's what you said. You said that you have a heart for young people who are in at-risk situations. That's what you said. You said that, that, that you, you came to me and you said, man, I have a burden for these children, the school system. I want to do whatever I can to help serve the school system. That's what you said. You know what happened the last time somebody volunteered and then withheld and reneged on their volunteer? The Bible calls them Ananias and Sapphira. They, they, they volunteered and then reneged. So I came this morning to say to Jonah, wherever you are, God says, listen, I need you to stop hiding, hear me, I need you to stop hiding in the Joppa of PMC. I need you to stop hiding in the Joppa of new life. I need you to stop hiding in the Joppa of one place. Stop hiding. Because you said that he put a desire on your heart, a burden on your heart to go to Nineveh. That is Ben Harbor. Listen, folks, I'm excited. I'm excited about where God is taking us. I'm excited about these next couple of years and what lies ahead. I'm excited about what God is going to do. And I believe that there's somebody in the house of God today, the Spirit of the Lord has been speaking to you and ministering to you about this very thing. And I just came here today as a confirmation from the Lord that this is the direction that he's trying to take you. So I need you to pull out your connect card. Pull out your connect card and go on to the back. And we want to take some next steps today. Somebody says, today I will trust and obey the word of the Lord that comes to me even when it is hard to receive. I want you to put a check there. Someone says today, Lord, I will run boldly towards the assignment that you have for me. It may be a hard assignment and an undesirable location, but God, I will run to you and to that assignment rather than from you and from that assignment. Put a check right there. Somebody says today, I, I, by, the, by the grace of God, I will support uh, Harbor of Hope and its mission to Ben Harbor, both prayerfully and financially, I want you to put a check right there, and I want you to put a check in the envelope. I wasn't trying to be funny. I'm serious, okay? Make sure you mark it Harbor of Hope, right? Harbor of Hope on there. You need money to do ministry. Come on, say Amen. And lastly, 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 this is for you, Jonah. Look, this is not for everybody. This is specifically for the Jonah who's sitting in the house of God today, who God has placed a burden on your heart to do something to serve that community. And I want to say to you today, you have an opportunity to get involved at Harbor of Hope in our mission to the city of Benton Harbor. If that is your desire, 
put a check there. And as you are checking these things off, I encourage you to make sure that you place this inside of the offering envelope as the offering envelope goes around. Uh, in the offering plate, I'm sorry, as the offering plate goes around. And I'm going to say a word of prayer uh, over that offering. Bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we are grateful for the opportunity we have to be in your house today. And Lord, we thank you for the word. And I'm asking that the word, O oh God, will find lodging in the hearts of the people of God and that Jonah would do what he and she is supposed to do. We thank you, Lord, for the financial blessings that you bestowed upon us as we return our tithe and offering now. We pray that you will bless it to go forward to advance the cause of Christ here and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen.